Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Unnatural. I'm Emily. And I'm Andy. How are you doing today, Andy? Doing well. Actually, very intrigued, I would say, because you just let me in on who the episode is about today. Today, we're going to be talking about Belle Gunnis, also known as Hell's Bell, also known as the Black Widow of the Midwest. Ooh, those are some pretty intimidating nicknames, I would say. Yeah, much better than a couple weeks ago when we talked about the weepy-voiced killer. <laughs> yeah, her, her nicknames are definitely better than his, that's for sure. And as he does, she certainly lives up to them. Ooh, I'm excited to find out. Yeah, so shall we get started? Let's do it. And heading over to Chicagoland, and we're going to talk about, as I said, Belle Gunnis, who is one of history's most prolific female serial killers. Now, she was back in the 1800s for the most part, right? Yes, 1800s, early 1900s. There weren't a whole lot of serial killers back then, so this will be an interesting one. Right, and the kicker is she may have gotten away with over 40 murders. Whoa. Wild. Absolutely wild, right? Yeah. So she was born, Bryn, okay, and I apologize for any Norwegian listeners we may or may not have because I've listened to the pronunciation <laughs> of her last name yeah. probably 20 times and I still can't say it. It's not. You're going to Americanize it. I am absolutely going to Americanize it. So she was born Brynhild Paulsdatter Sturts. In Norway on November 22nd, 1859, uh, she was the youngest of eight children, and their family was pretty impoverished, super poor. Uh, I found some conflicting reports about what her parents did for a living. Most of them say that her father was a stonemason, but there was a couple of sources that said he was a traveling showman. Hmm. but I'm going to just go ahead and assume he was a stonemason just because from what I gathered, um, it didn't seem like there was a whole lot of traveling going on. And there's not a whole lot of accurate information considering this is the 1800s. Right. And it's not like Facebook and Twitter was <laughs> around to document every minute of these people's lives. Yeah. <laughs> like, could you imagine if Twitter was around? When in like the seventies, when a lot of serial killers were active, like what do you oh. what do you think Ted Bundy would be tweeting? Oh my God! Or what people would be tweeting about him? I mean, right, it's just crazy to think about. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, um, not a whole lot is really known about her childhood. However, I did find a couple reports saying that she had gotten pregnant in her late teens, <laughs> and the guy who knocked her up was from a very wealthy family and sometime during her pregnancy she was attacked 
um, by a man, presumably by the father, who kicked her in the stomach repeatedly until she did end up having wow. a miscarriage. This might have been a precursor of what was to come for her. Sometimes when you're traumatized at a younger age, you act out later in life. Yeah, and people did say that after that happened, her personality did change. And um, it is reported that the suspected guy who got her pregnant and did all of this died of stomach cancer a short time later. Um, and he was never charged or punished with the attack on her. And many speculate that this was actually her first murder because the way he died could have been attributed to poison too. I mean, back in these days, autopsies weren't great. Right. Exactly. Remember, this is the 1800s. So Belle was pretty tired of living the poor life. And uh, one of her sisters had went to Chicago and Belle followed in her sister's footsteps and went to America in 1881. And there she was working as a servant. And around 1884, she met and married a man named Mads Sorensen. And with him, they had two other ch- or two children. And all of their other children that they had together were actually adopted. So together they opened a confectionery store, which I had to Google what that meant because I had no idea. And do you know what it is? Okay. It, is it candy? Yes. Okay. Wow. Are you smarter than a fifth grader? Andy moves on to the next level. I remember candy. Good job. I'm super proud of you. <laughs> I love candy. So anyway, just about a year after they opened the store, it burned down. Um, It wasn't a very successful business. So the fire, along with the massive payout of insurance Bell and Mads received, they collected that. And it was a little bit suspicious. I'm already getting sus. Super sus. Yeah. And (laughs) as we'll see, people dying, fires, and insurance payments seem to be a specialty for Bell. A common thread. Yeah. Now, shortly after the fire, two of her oldest children died of acute colitis, which is where um, the lining of your colon swells. And this is generally caused, was generally caused by an infection back in these days, but it also could be due to drugs or poison. Now, both children had insurance policies, which Mads and Belle collected, and these two were her adopted children. Oh, okay. Were they around the same time or was this spread out? Um, I'm not 100% sure. I couldn't find when exactly they had died, but I assume it was pretty close together. Like, I don't think it was years and years apart, maybe months. Uh, but that's just speculating on my part. And then also, not long after the death of her children, their brand new house that they had purchased with the insurance money from the candy store also burned down. Wow. Also had a hefty insurance policy on it, too. So say it with me here. Sus. Yeah. Sus. Big time sus. We're sensing a theme here. Yeah. So now we're jumping forward. It's 1900 and... Belle is faced with yet another tragic loss when Mads dies of a heart attack. Now, this is interesting because the very day his heart decided to check out is the same day that two of his life insurance policies overlapped. Almost like she was planning for this. Right. So one was coming to an end and then another one was beginning is what I understand. 
So the doctor actually suspected poisoning, but the family doctor was like, nope, he had some sort of pre-existing heart condition. This was 100% a heart attack, and that was that. So I think that Bell probably paid off this doctor to say, hey, if anybody questions this, it was a heart attack, okay? Or maybe she had some extra candy left over from the confectionery store to give him to sweeten the deal. Right. So Bell actually received $8,500 from insurance a day after Matt's funeral. That was a lot of money back then. Yeah. In today's world, that would be nearly 255000 Wow. So with her newfound wealth, Belle took her remaining three children and headed to a farm in LaPorte, Indiana. Now, not long after that, two of the buildings on the farm caught fire and burned down. Sus. Sus. <laughs> um, in April of 1902, she married a man named Peter Gunnis, and he had had two small children from a previous relationship. Now, the younger of the two was an infant, and unfortunately, that little kiddo died shortly after they were married. The baby was apparently alone with Belle at the time. Now, shortly after the death of the baby, Peter's brother took in the older child named Swanhild, and she was the she was actually the only child to have lived with Belle and survived. Mm, that's interesting. Of all the children, wow. So now in December of 1902, a meat grinder fell off the top of a shelf and struck Peter in the head, killing him. But this was the story that Belle told anyway. So there was an investigation into his death, but Belle saw fit to collect the insurance money anyway. And somehow she managed to convince the police that there was no foul play involved and it was merely a tragic accident. Even after everything else that's happened before, that nobody's putting any pieces together here. Well, and I wonder if, because all of the stuff with Mads and the candy store and all of that happened in Chicago... And now they're in Indiana, which not too terribly far away. But still, it's the early 1900s, so it, it can feel... And word doesn't necessarily travel as fast. Exactly. Communication is much slower back then. Right. So, um, Belle was pregnant at the time and gave birth to Peter's son, Philip, in May of 1903. Now, at this point, I think she's got three kids, three or four kids, and in 1906, Jenny Olson, one of Belle's adopted daughters, disappeared. She told people that she had sent her to a boarding school in California. And, I mean, she obviously had the money to do so. So nobody was really, really questioning it at the time. Now, Belle is over for 2 on living husbands. Uh, she was having a hard time keeping up the farm on her own. So she hired a man named Ray Lampier to help her on the farm. And... It is noted that several workers had come and gone over the years, but no one can say exactly where they went. So Belle had placed several ads in various newspapers um, in the Lonely Hearts columns. And this is what her ad read. Get ready for this because it's, it's interesting. So this is what it said, quote, Comely widow who owns a large farm in one of the finest districts in LaPorte, Indiana, desires to make the acquaintance of a gentleman equally well provided with view of joining fortunes. No replies by letter considered unless sender is willing to follow answer with a personal visit. Triflers need not apply. Hmm. That's interesting. She seems nice in the ad. 
But uh, definitely, now that we know a little bit more about her past, uh, it, it makes you a little suspicious. Now, she, and you can see you can see this in pictures on our Instagram um, that we'll post. But she was not a very attractive woman, in my opinion. Uh, she was roughly six feet tall, around two hundred pounds, and but she did have an hourglass figure, which was super desirable at the time right and um apparently many wealthy men ended up answering her ad so she would invite these guys out to the farm and she would persuade them to bring a substantial amount of money i.e their entire fortunes if possible and then none of these men would ever be seen again Hey guys, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's absolutely free. And there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and a whole lot more. Basically, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Yeah. And you want to know what else? You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, which is really cool. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. One such man who answered her ad was a guy named George Anderson. And he was living with Belle for a while, I guess. And on one such night, he had awoken to find Belle hovering over him with a cold, dead look on her face. Creepy. Yeah. How creepy would that be? That is absolutely the thing of nightmares. Yeah. Just any, I don't care who you are. If you're another person and I wake up to see you hovering over me, I'm going to be pretty pissed off and and scared. I mean, yeah, I have almost Spartan kicked my child across the room for doing some <laughs> shit like that, okay? <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> so, so anyway, George is just dreaming away. He wakes up, sees this creepy lady standing over him. He yelled at her, like, hey, what are you doing? And um, Belle ran. She took off. And he flew out of the bed, got dressed, and dipped out as fast as he could. And he was the only man to have survived a night, as far as we know, at her place. So I guess I'm kind of wondering if, I mean... I was, I guess I was wondering why didn't he go to the police and tell them anything, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you know, this is the early 1900s. What's he going to do? This, she was standing over me. Yeah. Things were pretty different back then. Yeah. That, and that, you know, the police would probably be like, be like, okay. And right. But I'm sure once all of this transpired afterwards, he probably looked back and said, wow, did I dodge a bullet? Literally. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so now we're in 1907, and a man named Andrew Helgeline also vanished from the farm. His brother, Azel, came to Bell wondering where Andrew was. Um, Bell had been questioned by many family members over her killing career about the men who went missing, um, and her excuses for their disappearances worked on all of them except Andrew's brother. Now, I don't know specifically what her excuses were for everybody, but I just assume it was something like, oh, he came, it didn't work out, and then he left. I don't know where he went. Now, it's around right. this time yeah. that Ray Lampier had began causing problems for Belle. See, he had fallen in love with her. Lord only knows why. Wrong kind of woman to fall in love with. Right? And he was just becoming more and more jealous of her gentleman callers. And um, his jealousy could hinder her operations and lose her money. So she ended up firing him because she was like, no, sir, you're not going to infringe on my payday. Don't think so. And I'm guessing he didn't respond too well to that. He didn't. He found himself in a local pub and drank himself stupid. (laughs) Been there. (laughs) And, yep, same. So in his drunken stupor, he let a little bit of information slip. As drunk people tend to do. As they absolutely do. Now, Belle got wind of this, and she knew that she would rather die than be brought to justice. So in the early morning... Of April 28th, 1908, the entire family farm was burned. Wow. Obviously, by her in reaction to what he had said. Maybe, maybe not. So, in the basement Mm. of the house, the bodies of Belle's three children were found. Lucy and Myrtle Sorensen, ages 9 and 11, and Philip Gunnis, who was 5. Oh, my goodness. Along with another body. Now, this was an adult female... But the body was missing its head. Wow. So she decapitated her victim. But who was this adult female? I don't remember hearing about her. Well, we'll get to that. But some argue it was Belle and others said it couldn't possibly be her because the height of the body was too short. Um, However, there was uh, bridge work was found in the ashes and Belle's dentist had confirmed that it belonged to her. Now, Bridge work is basically a fancy word for dentures. Yeah, yeah. And so everybody just assumed that the body was that of Belle. And it was kind of case closed, I guess. But just kind of going a little further into all of this, all of Belle's money um, that had been in her savings account, which was somewhere around $250,000, had been withdrawn the day before the fire. Now, in... Today's terms, that two hundred fifty thousand would be about six point eight million. My God! So she was in a pretty good situation financially. I'm thinking she faked her own death. Me too. That's and you know when you when you look at when you look at all of it, why would she withdraw all the money if she was planning on killing herself? Right. Where did the head of the woman's body go? But we'll get into that um, a little bit more in just a little bit here. So, if we go back and we remember, a guy named Andrew disappeared and he had his brother. Yeah. So, his brother showed up shortly shortly after the fire and told the sheriff about what he had suspected happened to his brother. The farmhand Bell hired after Ray was let go was a guy named Joe Maxson. He also told the sheriff about some strange things that he had been seeing happening around the farm. 
specifically around the pig pen. Ooh, yeah, that doesn't sound like a good combination. No. So the sheriff, you know, went into town, grabbed some men, and they went out to the pig pen and they started digging. And not long after they were digging around, a body was found. And this body was identified as little Jenny Olson, Belle's daughter, who she had said was sent away to boarding school. So she was feeding her victims to the pigs? Yep. Oh, God. Now, more bodies followed, um, although few were able to be identified, considering they had been dismembered and buried or just tossed in the pen for the pig to eat. Pigs to eat. Like, yuck. Pigs Pigs are wild. They are so intelligent. They, they're... Mm-hmm awesome creatures but they will eat literally anything yeah anything you throw in front of a pig they're gonna eat it right so uh they weren't able to definitively say how many bodies were located in or near the pig pen but it is estimated that around 40 people were disposed of there god that's so gross yeah (laughs) oh man remind me not to eat bacon again bacon is Delicious. Okay. <laughs> That's true. It I is. mean, I, I love animals, but we, we don't live a vegan lifestyle over here. <laughs> right. No offense to vegans. Now, everybody knew that Ray was working with Belle and living there around this time. So he ended up being arrested on May 22nd, 1908. And he was in the possession of some of the murdered men's belongings, like watches, clothes, shoes, Hmm. stuff like that. So was he in on it? Is that what they were thinking? Well, he denied being involved and that Belle gave him all of those things as gifts, and he just thought it was great. Um, He did eventually admit to helping Belle dispose of bodies, but he said that he never actually killed anybody. Hmm. So ultimately, Ray was charged and convicted of arson, but not murder, Mm. which I find interesting. But fast forward about a year, I think, and Ray had gotten tuberculosis and he was on his deathbed. And he did tell a priest that Belle went to Chicago and came back with a woman who was supposed to be a housekeeper just before the fire and that it was her body that was found in the basement. And then not long after, he died. So that's the woman that was decapitated. Right, which makes sense. Yeah. So it's super freaking sus. That's the the theme of this episode. Yeah, so both you and I are on the same page where we think that Belle didn't kill herself. It wasn't her in the basement. So if she didn't die in the fire and the body was that of the other woman, what happened to Belle? Yeah. Yeah. Where did she go? Where did she end up? That is an excellent question because several sightings were reported over the years, but nothing really came of them until a Los Angeles woman named Esther Carlson was arrested for poisoning a man and stealing his money in 1931. Ooh, she changed her name. Yeah, so a lot of people said that she looked like Belle, and there was no record of this woman's existence prior to 1909. Now, um, Andy, I am going to send you the side-by-side picture really quick of 
Esther and Bell, and okay. you tell me what you think. Okay, I'm ready for it. Cue the Jeopardy music here. <laughs> oh, here we go. Okay, I'm looking at the pictures right now. Obviously, it's a much older version, but I would say just by looking at these that this is the same woman. You think so? Yeah, it, to me it looks like the same woman. Obviously an older version. She's a little skinnier. She's got some more wrinkles, but I think it's her. See, I just kind of went down the rabbit hole and I literally stared at these pictures forever. And I think maybe what's tripping me up is the fact that it's a different angle. Yeah. Um, and you can find these pictures on our Instagram and let us know what you guys think. But, I mean, I do agree that, like, their eye shape seems similar. Um, but it's it's the nose yeah. that really does it for me. In the, the picture of Esther, it just looks like her nose is much longer. longer. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And it could be the angle. Right. But it does kind of look like a different nose than what Belle had. And plastic surgery was not. A thing to my knowledge. Yeah, I mean, I know she was in California, but I don't think they were getting nose jobs back then. I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so this gal, Esther, appeared to be the same age as Belle would have been. And I did find in some sources that said Esther was in possession of a photograph of three children who looked alarmingly similar to Belle's kids. Now, Esther died in 1931. But, you know, that was kind of where a lot of speculation died, I guess. There wasn't very many more stories of sightings that I could find. Uh, But now we're going to fast forward to 2007. Ooh, okay. So some students from the University of Indianapolis got permission from Bell's descendants to exhume the body, the headless body, that was found in the basement to do some... Testings. Oh, to figure out who it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. So, are you ready for the results? Yeah, what did they find? Inconclusive. Oh. Damn it. I know. So, we still don't know. Right. We still don't know. But they did find bones belonging to a younger person in the casket with Belle's alleged body, which prompted them to exhume the bodies of her children for testing And um, she may have killed more kids than initially thought. I think um, I didn't really find anything about results, but I think they were testing the kids' bodies to see if they were actually her kids. Because I'm I'm assuming that the bodies found in the basement were burned pretty good. And maybe you couldn't tell, like, what if, what if... She kept her kids alive and brought them with her. Oh, God. I hadn't thought about that. To wherever she went. Yeah, or maybe one of them, maybe she had a favorite. Who knows? So that pretty much brings us up to speed. I have been scouring the internet to see if they had talked about any results from the DNA testing, but I wasn't able to find any. Mm. So I think we already established that I mean, I I think, I don't think she killed herself. But you're not sure if she was Esther either. 
Right. So maybe she disappeared and never killed again, which isn't the M.O. of most serial killers. Usually they keep killing until they're caught or they die. Yeah, I'm wondering. I tried to look and see if there was any similar crimes, you know, from around that time of arsons or insurance fraud but you know this is the early 1900s they couldn't really find anything you know the most the most compelling thing was the story about esther which was interesting because she poisoned a guy and tried to steal all his money yeah yeah so i guess we may never know we may never know and thus concludes hell's bell again Great nickname. She had some amazing... I mean, the Black Widow? Come on. That's enduring. Not to be confused with um, Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> in, the, in the Avenger movies. Yeah, I don't know about you, but I'm super excited for that movie. So I'm going to post a bunch of pictures from this case on our Instagram which you can find at Unnatural the Podcast. Um, I did find some cool pictures of her farm, along with pictures of her and her kids, and a couple pictures of Ray. So I think it was it was pretty interesting to see the farm and what it looked like, and there was the pig pen in there. Yeah, it'll be interesting to get our audience's reaction on some of these photos as well. Can't wait to see that. Yeah, I'm really interested to hear what you guys think. So, yeah, find us on Instagram at Unnatural the Podcast. We're also on Twitter at Unnatural the Pod. Um, you can hit us up on Gmail, Unnatural the Podcast at gmail.com. We have a Facebook page, Unnatural, a true crime podcast. And find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Unnatural the Pod. What are we doing next week? Well, next week we are diving deep into the Alaskan wilderness as we look at a man known as the Butcher Baker. Ooh, the Butcher Baker. I know a little bit about that one, but not a whole lot. Yeah, they made a movie actually about eight years ago with John Cusack and Nicolas Cage. The movie was eh, so-so, but the case itself is fascinating, and we'll get into that next week on Unnatural. See you next time. Thanks, guys. Mm -hmm.